I'm in the business of making the Cincinnati Bengals better, and so trading T. Higgins is not on my mind. That's their problem. They want a receiver. Go find your own. You know, in, in my my opinion, you know, T. Higgins is a good piece for the Cincinnati Bengals. So the trade stuff is a little ridiculous right now. This is Bengals Talk with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Ice Man, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a West Side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the back-to-back AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are awesome. I'm up to 2,124 subscribers. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. If it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be able to do this. But if you haven't subscribed yet and you're watching on Facebook or you're watching on Twitter, why haven't you subscribed? Please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Bengals Talk with Strawberry Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chats. So if you got something for Kent Lee, Math Bomb, Mr. Mr. Raz Football, anything you want to ask him, give me a super chat. I greatly appreciate it. Also, if you just want to support the show, give me a super chat. I greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave, the beautiful Ice Cave. It's brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. So if you need an apartment, a house, a condo, you're looking for them, check it out. It's right there on the website. If you have a rental property that you don't want to manage anymore, you just want to sit back and collect the money, check out T Properties. They will take care of the rest. And you know it. I wear it every single day. Sponsored by Jackpot Joey, jackpotjoey9.com. We got the hoodies. I'm, I know I'm wearing a Goodberry hat, but we got uh, hats. Not this one, but we have other ones that say Jackpot Joey on. We got the flags. Uh, all that is at jackpotjoey9.com. We also have 
the award-winning delicious Brinks Brewery beer here. Jackpot Joey Game Day Ale. It is available at Brink Brewery. It is available at Cork Bottom, uh, Jungle Gyms, and right here on the west side in Delhi Liquor. Portions of the proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Fund. So are you not only wearing cool stuff, supporting the best quarterback in the league, and drinking delicious beer? You're helping people out, so make sure you go to jackpotjoey9.com and Break Brewery and check all of that out. And I ask you this. Have you guys started betting yet? Because sports betting is legal from Cincinnati all the way to Cleveland. You can bet on sports. I know football is over. I'm going to place a bet, I think. Um, now, don't you guys all steal this from me and go and you know, raise the odds on me. But I'm going to place a bet. Uh, I'm not going to say how much money, but I'll place a bet on the Cincinnati Bengals Going 17-0 this year. Because that's what I think. Yeah, I don't know. I know I wear orange-colored sunglasses. But, hey, it's off season. You got to be, you know, optimistic. Anyway, go to Betfred Sports, download their app, and start placing your bets, and let's have some fun. What's up to everybody in the chat? Let's see who was first. I think it was not a stranger. You were, Nicholas was first. Then you got Pork Chop is on there. Jungle Jerry. Crip, you're always there. Kevin, what's up? Big Savage Greg. Greg Graves. My boy Hoss, I already said. I already got you, uh, Greg. Uh, pork chop, you're on there. All right, that's everybody in the chat. What is going on? All right, let's get to the reason we all are here. He is Kent Lee, founder of Raz Football, and otherwise known as Math Bomb. Kent, what's going on, brother? Hey, man, how you doing? Glad to be back. Good, yeah. So, hey, I, I, I was like, hey, it's that time of year. Gotta get you back on the show so we can. Uh, Talk some uh, some rankings here, you know, on on the uh, NFL Combine and everything. And I want to start it off this way because uh, Jake Lisko was on yesterday uh, from Locked On Bengals, and he was quoting one of your uh, razes, and that was um, the percentage of the athletes, uh, uh, how high the athletes are, elite athletes, I should say, are in the NFL Combine. How how much you should take this for because of how elite you have to be at an NFL athlete to be in the NFL. That's a long, long gate away to try to explain it. I'm sure you can do it a lot better than I did. <laughs> yeah. And we've talked about it before about how the guys that tend to be successful in the NFL, the players that are most successful tend to be the best athletes. And that shouldn't come as a shocker when you really think about it for more than a second. Uh, but we, we've known that for some time and we've been able to track that through things like receiving yardage, pro bowls, number of sacks that players have some of the statistics that we're able to look at and then just compare along with that. What I had done this week, though, is I was able to, to link up the NFL rosters with my database so that I could look at just, just players that are on rosters. And it was pretty overwhelming. You know, more than 81% of players on an NFL roster were above average, average athletes. So you're talking about, you know, 50, the top 50% of athletes make up 81% of an NFL roster. The bottom 50%, they only make up that remaining 18 point whatever it was percent. You know, that's that's pretty staggering when you really look at it. You know, we we, we knew that it was going to be a, a bigger number at the top, but I think it was pretty surprising how much that it is. Forty five percent of the players that make an NFL roster and that are currently on an NFL roster are in the top 20 percent athletically. That's wild to me. Um, you know, we, we know that these guys, that NFL GMs and, and decision makers, they look for those top athletes, but it's kind of crazy just how much they do. Right. That, that, that's one thing is like, if you want to go in the NFL, we all knew they're elite athletes, but when you see the numbers of, because I mean, the best football players in that are not professionals are in the NFL combine right now. 
And to see 80% of them, I think that's what you said, 80% of them are, are registered as elite athletes is just astounding how good these guys are because they're not – well, you got 300-pounders that, that can run fast, run faster than me, <laughs> run faster than you, are quick. I mean, just watching these guys, the agility they have and stuff, it, it, it's really ridiculous, I mean, to be honest. And how you break it down, it it's just blows my mind. Yeah, and it's been a lot of fun doing doing RAS every year. You know, the original intention was just to create a metric that, you know, was was simple and easy to understand because it's it's easy enough to, to say, oh, yeah, this guy ran a, a four five five, And you can, you know, if you don't know anything about anything, you could be like, yeah, that, that sounds fast. I mean, you, you know that number and it sounds fast to me, you know, right? <laughs> and if you follow the NFL, you probably know that in general that's going to be considered a good time. But RAS allows you to provide a little bit of context because it puts everything on that zero to 10 scale compared to a position group. So you'll see when you compare it to like wide receiver, that four or five, five is not all that impressive. It's not a terrible number, but it's not all that impressive. You put that against the defensive end. That's fantastic. Right. It hasn't happened yet, but if you put that on an, <laughs> you put that on an offensive lineman, that'd be amazing. That right. offensive lineman is going very early. Hey, they're, they're getting they're getting bigger, faster, stronger. I, I wouldn't put it passive. We we see that sometimes. I mean, it's ridiculous how how fast these big guys move. Now, I think we've seen a couple in the four, the high four sixes, but never right. never quite low. <laughs> still, if you run four something, that you're moving. <laughs> That's pretty oh, good. Yeah. Now, for everybody who who does it, and by the way, you're getting all kinds of love about your stat, your your mustache. <laughs> yeah, you have one of the greatest. No, keep it going. Keep going. Exactly. One of the greatest stashes ever. Now, for people who, who don't know who you are and don't know what the Raz is, just explain a little bit about your background and how, how you got started doing the Raz and how you came up with it. Yeah, I was a cryptologist in the U.S. Navy, so I've always been into the code and numbers and that sort of stuff and, and trend analysis. Um, I cover the Lions. I've, I've been a Lions fan my whole life, so I cover the Lions for quite a bit. But I've always been really interested in the NFL testing metrics for a very long time, since, since Von Miller was in high school, because I have – very clear memories of him testing in some obstacle course thing when he was was just getting out of high school, going into college. So it's a long time that I've been into this kind of stuff. Right. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm watching this. There's all these terms that get thrown around that don't mean anything when you, mm -hmm. when when you just I mean they sound like they do, but they don't really. You know, even stuff as simple as oh, this guy's athletic or this guy's unathletic. That doesn't really mean anything without right. any context. You have guys that are quick but not fast. This guy's explosive. That guy's very agile. You know, those don't really mean anything unless you can provide some context to it. So I created Raz in 2013 um, to provide some of that context. It puts all of those testing numbers on a zero to 10 scale, zero being bad, 10 being great, obviously, because zero would never be good, right? Right. Um, everything stoplight color-coded, red, yellow, green. Uh, red would be below average, anything below five. Um, green would be elite, anything eight and above. And then yellow is just anything in between those two numbers. Um, and the idea was to just create something that's a little bit more accessible for fans. You know, we all love watching the combine and talking about these players before and after the combine. Raz just provides another way of doing that and, and being able to put some meaning behind some of those numbers right. in a way that everybody can understand. Now, now, uh, what does Raz stand for? Relative athletic scores. So uh, the athletic scores part is, is pretty obvious, but the, the, the relative part is referring to it because it's always going to be relative to the player's position group and their year. So it only compares from 1987, which is far back as the data goes, until a player's draft year. Um, I don't update their scores. I do, but the main score doesn't ever get updated. There's there's two scores. 
Um, the main score doesn't get updated after their draft year. It locks in. So when a guy has a you know 8.5 RAS, that's what it stays for forever and always. It's because we're we're done adding players from that year at that point. Right. So it always remains relative. Now, uh, I know you you tweet a lot of stuff out, but you actually you actually have a website, right? So people people can can they subscribe to this? Is this is this? It's, it's totally free. There's nothing okay. there's nothing to subscribe to. It's ras.football. Raz.football, you can go there and look up any player from 1987 to today. There's 23,000 players in the database now. Um, I've been trying to add some more data visualization stuff. Um, I'm not a web designer, um, but it's I'm doing my best to get some of this stuff up so that, that some of the research that I do on this stuff is a little bit more accessible and has some visual to it, which is what I've been doing over the past couple of days. Right. Um, but if everything's free. You can go look and look at all this information and, and get whatever you're looking for. Um, you can download the main table for free if you're if you wanted to look at draft history versus Raz or something like that. Anything that's on that main table is downloadable for free. So yeah. it's it's a lot of fun to to run a site like that. But making it free and accessible has always been the goal of Raz. So it's I've never wanted to put it behind a paywall or anything like that. Now is it just you? You do this all, all by yourself, or do you you have other people helping you? I had an intern last year. I was dealing with an illness, but I, it's generally just me. Um, sometimes I'll have some people come on that I'm, I'm helping learn, uh, SQL, which is a coding language and, um, PHP, which is another coding language for web design and things like that, that I'll, I'll help be, be teaching them stuff, but the website, the, the maintenance of the website and stuff, that's all just me. Awesome. Awesome. Now, have you, have you gotten to the point where you've got any NFL co uh, coaches or scouts or anybody or agents contacting you? I talk to agents and scouts all the time. All cool. the time. That's where I get a lot of the information that I get from, you know, the, the scouts will ask, Hey, can you, can I get this guy's numbers around? I'd be like, Hey, well, do you have the, the sheet from the, from the pro day? Cause I can, I can help you out. <laughs> you want to help me out. I'll help you <laughs> out. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that, but mostly it's just people that want to know what they got. I get players who reach out and want to know what they want. I get players correcting metrics that they had at their, at their pro day and stuff. Um, it's been a lot of fun. The, the NFL coaches, I have had some position coaches and things like that. I've never had an actual head coach reach out to me for it. Um, I've had a couple of, of head coaches that know about it, but right. teams have their own internal metrics. Um, I often get asked, you know, do teams use it? And the answer to that is always going to be no. This was designed to be a fan facing metric. NFL teams have their own analytics departments that have their own metrics. They're always going to have their own thing. Now, Raz is pretty close to a couple of those. Right. Um, I know Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers, for instance, what, whatever they're using is very close to what Raz is. They're basically um, just stealing your stuff. Yeah, maybe they are. I, I, you can't, you can't prove to me they're not. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So let's 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 break down a couple uh, positions groups here for going into the draft for for the Cincinnati Bengals. Not not necessarily you know in, in any particular order, but I'm going to start out with uh, the O line here. How where are the the O line? Uh, Raz uh, numbers as far as a, a group in, in here because we we really need to try to get some de uh, offensive linemen here, hopefully a right tackle. But where where, where are they ranking at? So that we won't get any of the numbers until the testing comes in this week, and I'm I'm really looking forward to a couple of the bigger names. Okay. Um, Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida, is expected to test well. Very excited to see that because my Lions also need a guard. Right. Um, I think the Bengals need help on the entirety of their offense, like all the way across, don't you guys? No, no, no. We re really, I mean, that that's 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 what the narrative with the national media. Like, no, like uh, we had a really good offense line. Three of our five starters got hurt. <laughs> so, oh, so yeah, the, the only one that I'm really concerned about is our right tackle, uh, Collins, because he tore his ACL and MCL, and he most likely won't be ready 
by the time the season starts. So we need need to have somebody there. Somebody. Yeah, so we can plug and play until either he comes back or we just cut him and we go with the, the, the next guy up, which I'm personally hoping they sign somebody. But we're we're talking we're talking draft here. So and I, I yeah. like uh, Darnell. I, I think it's Darnell Washington out of Tennessee. Is that is that the title? Darnell Wright. Yeah. Right. I, I get those two. The Washington's the, 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 the uh, title. <laughs> anybody with a W is a Washington. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> Darnell, Darnell Wright, the right, right tackle of Tennessee. I, I kind of personally like him. I don't know if he's going to be there at twenty eight, but anyway, you can continue with your with your offensive line. Yeah, he's going to be a big one. And Dewan Jones out of Ohio State's yeah. another name that that's been pretty big since the Senior Bowl because of his just massive wingspan. Right. Um, the Bengals have not been a team that's really favored athleticism along their offensive line, which has come to bite them a couple of times in, in recent years. Mm-hmm. But um, so I, the testing, I, it's, I'm, I'm a big testing guy, clearly. Um, but you're you're going to want to pay more attention to how he fits into the offense, I think, with Cincinnati versus just the testing. Um, if they do decide to become more athletic, I would be thrilled because I think that's something that's missing from their offensive line. Um, but Darnell Wright is expected to test pretty well. Um, Dewan Jones probably isn't, but he's more the size and length type, kind of like Orlando Brown, mm-hmm. um, where he relies more on, on positioning than he does that explosiveness off the line. Um, Jalen Duncan from Maryland is another player that I think might be interesting in the second or third round. Um, and then Warren McClendon out of Georgia is a name that gets thrown around a little bit in that kind of second to third round range where Cincinnati's probably going to be looking for a player like that. Yeah, I'll hope one of the, the two, uh, Darnell uh, Wright or um, uh, who's the kid you just said from Ohio I should know this. I'm an Ohio State fan. I can't remember his Duan name. Jones. Duan Jones. I, I hope – I would love it if one of those two are there at 28. I, I don't know if they will or not. Pick at 28 is – it's you got to be – to me, you got to have a, a, about four or five guys. That yeah. This guy's there. We're taking him because you don't know how the draft's going to fall when you're pick, picking as low as uh, 28. Now, now another position that the Bengals might be looking at uh, in tight uh, is tight end. Now, I'm hoping I want them to resign Hayden Hurst. But both these positions, they're talking. About, I hope they sign somebody like well Hayden Hurst and just resign our own tight end, and then it's not as big of an issue. Do you have to go get a right tackle at 20, or you have to go get a tight end? That's where I'm kind of hoping the Bengals take that route but we're the titans are pretty plentiful in this one and and oh, yeah. we have a local kid here he grew up over in northern kentucky on their name michael mayer uh, a lot of people have him ranked as as uh the number one tight end where are you at a michael mayer and the tight end uh, group in general this is one of the best tight end class, classes i can re- i can recall um I'm, I'm not gonna say it's the best one ever although i have seen some people say that it's the best one ever and these are people really? that have covered that have covered the league for for multiple decades Okay. I'm not going to go quite that far. I think that the the higher end players in this draft don't really exist. Even even Mayer, um, Mayer has some concerns about his athleticism. I think he has a chance to put that to bed this week. I mean, it's, if you're going to now, now's the time, right? Right, right. Um, Darnell Washington is a, is another guy that's just massive. He's six seven, two sixty five, and he's and he's expected to, to to jump out the gym. So he's another name that might be a big one. Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State is, I think, the guy that's going to really see his stock rise this week because I expect him to test incredibly well. He's a very yeah, you're, 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 you're making my buddy, the Orange Arrow, happy as hell because that, that's his guy. That, that's who he's, he wants to be on the draft. You can see why. The athleticism, this dude just oozes athleticism. Um, he's fantastic. Um, small school guys to play pay attention to would be Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State. Um, I expect him to get a little bit more play in the next couple of weeks. Actually, talking about tackles, there was another small school guy, uh, Cody Mock, Mauch, I forgot how you pronounce his last name. 
Okay. Um, I think he's from North Dakota State. Is he the one with the long red hair and, and no teeth? Yep, that's yeah. the dude. <laughs> yeah, I saw his picture at the uh, the senior ball. I'm like, oh, dude, that's a football player right there. I was just gonna say the doofy looking guy. But <laughs> yeah. You described him much more, much less insultingly as my way would say. I mean it lovingly, but it sounds insulting. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's he's another guy I think that that would be paying attention to. There's there's quite a few small school guys in this draft that that should get a lot of play. So hopefully. Hopefully they all test well and we can see their names called early. Right, right, exactly. I, I, I know you'll be watching NFL Network uh, a lot this week because I, I, I used to like uh, not get as much into the NFL Combine as I do now, but it's I don't know, I don't know what it is. It's just interesting to see watch these guys run as fast as they can, jump as high as it's just watching it and then watch it try to see if it how that translates to the NFL. And that's what the NFL has to figure out. Okay, this guy ran a four, six, and you jump, you know, out the gym, you know, what's that look like with uh, pads and stuff on Now, How does, does the Rams take that in, into effect at all? As far as, you know, cause running around in shorts, a t-shirt is different than running around on a football field and making plays because literally these guys are, once they get done the, the season, they're literally working on running their best 40 time and jumping as high as they can. They're not really working on football moves. So how does that translate with the Rams? And translates the right word because you're looking for translatable skills. You know, a 40-yard dash is not going to tell you how fast a player is on a football field because players don't get into a stance as they right. do for a 40-yard dash ever again. Once once they run that second 40, they will they will maybe do it at their pro day. Maybe they'll do it for one of the teams that they have to have an individual meeting with. But generally, that's the last time they're ever going to get into that stance and make that run. Right. What you're looking for, though, is a player's to ability to get out of a stance, because regardless of what position you play on the football field, at some point, you're going to be expected to go from a stance to full speed very, very quickly. Right. And you're looking for a player's ability to do that. The 40-yard dash is kind of an ideal situation to, to create that type of scenario, because they're getting into a sprinter stance and they're trying to burst off the line. They get stopped if they have a bad start. You know, it's it's made to put the player in the best position possible to accelerate up to their maximum speed and then maintain it across the distance. And you always see that with offensive and defensive linemen. You know, when are they going to run a 40 yard, 40 yards on a football field? You're not really paying attention to the fact that they're running a 40 yard dash. You're paying attention to the fact that a really big dude just got out of his stance and got up to a really fast speed for a guy his size. And he maintained it over a distance. That is a translatable skill. You know, a left guard is probably never going to get into a 40-yard stance and burst off a line. But what he is going to do is get into his stance, break off a line, and on a screen or a sweep or a toss to the opposite direction, he's going to have to cross over or behind the center and then all the way across the offensive line. And he's going to be expected to be in front of right. that running back by the time that running back has the ball in his hands and is running up the field. That is a translatable skill, even if it isn't something that seems super intuitive on the first watch. Right. It's the same thing for all of the other drills. You know, vertical is a jump straight up. It's also your lower body's ability to burst vertically. The broad jump is your lower body's ability to burst horizontally, which is huge for offensive linemen, defensive linemen, running backs, power backs, especially. Um, you know, obviously the speed ones are a little bit easier because those speeds, you, you kind of see how those work. Right. Right. You know, uh, an offensive lineman, the shuttle drill is, is huge for them. Mm -hmm. And an offensive lineman is going to be asked to shuffle to one side yep. or go to one side, stop, and then immediately go the other way. Because you see them going after a blocker 
handing him off, and now he's got to shift his assignment and go to a different player. That's an easy easy one to show that you can translate that to a football field. Right. Uh, defensive linemen in the cone drill, you know, they have to run around a cone and then bend all the way around another one in a very quick Watching those time. guys bend sometime, oh, I, I, I would tear my knee ligaments out. <laughs> I could so, bend down and pick that beanbag up, and uh, it, that's, some of their bend is ridiculous. It's insane. And I, I mentioned Von Miller earlier, and I remember that very vividly from when he was coming out. And he he did some some obstacle course thing, and I, I remember that some some player did this obstacle course, and he's completely out of breath, and I was impressed. I mean, I, I was thoroughly impressed with it. And then Kelvin Shepard, who's actually a, I think a Lions linebacker coach now, um, Kelvin Shepard went out and did it, and he did it in half the time, and he was still out of breath, but man, he, he just blew that guy's time out of the water. And then Von Miller came out, and he's bigger than both of those guys because he's a massive human being. Right. And he did it significantly faster, wasn't out of breath, didn't even break a sweat. And there was a part where they had to go under this, uh, these, these ropes and stuff. And he did that so fast. It didn't even make sense. Like it was almost faster than he was running. He just, he just dips all the way down to the ground, puts his hand in the dirt and just kind of swings his body all the way around. You're like, humans don't, normally move like that that's, that's a big, I even, major move <laughs> like, I, I don't even know how you would do that right right you know i'm a math guy i'm trying to do the numbers like physics it doesn't, <laughs> none of this makes sense right right but it's it's wild the kind of stuff these guys can accomplish exactly all right i got a question here from crypt keeper said mr kent lee platt do you need 50 or 100 stouts i'm gonna say i hope i'm saying all right to pick good player good players these days, he corrected it down lower. These days, I'm only drinking stouts when I got a lot of friends. I don't know if I could put down 50 of them, <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's not that much. Um, I'm not really sure what he's trying to ask, but I'm I'm impressed with the the wording and the number of punctuation marks in it. <laughs> it's very emphatic, very emphatic. I I usually just put down the jackpot Joey beer as well. Ace for enthusiasm. There you go. There you go. All right, so let's move on. So we talked about. Um, uh, tight ends. Let's go with uh, DBs here. And uh, the Bengals were, were pretty successful last year. We, we got uh, Dax Hill and we got uh, Juice, uh, Cam Taylor Britt, and the uh, start. We traded up to get him in the third round last year. So it did pretty good there. I still think they needed to draft it on because most likely Jesse Bates is gone this year. We're hoping to re sign uh, Von Bell. Um, Cheetah Bay Wuzier is coming back from a torn ACL. So you don't know how quickly he'll heal up from that ACL is an ACL. It's either, you know, their knees, it's, it's just depends yeah. on the player. So that's why I think uh, DBs mean DBs safe cornerback safeties areas. I was calling everybody DBs cornerback yeah. safeties um, where, where they're at. So where, where's the group at uh, in there? And I'll ask you about one is uh, Joey Porter jr. He's a guy that as Bengals fans, I hated his dad. <laughs> I can't stand his dad. I think it would be funny as hell if we drafted him and he, his dad has to come here and wear orange and black and root for his son. I think that'd be funny as hell, and I think he deserves that. But anyway, what, what do you think about Joey Porter Jr. and just the DBs in general? So Joey Porter Jr., um, coming into the season, he was a lot like um, uh, Daxton that the, 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 the Bengals drafted last year where – he came into the year where like, you knew that he had all this athletic talent, but he really wasn't showing it on the field. And then he spent his final year in college showing you that he could do those things. Right? right, He was showing that huge improvement. Porter has the same type of resume. Um, he came into the year with a lot of question marks about how he applies that level of athleticism and how he can, how can, he can improve. And he spent the entire year just continually moving himself up in people's rankings because as the year progressed, you saw him doing all of those things that you had questions about. 
Very impressive player, probably gone before the Bengals pick. It's kind of tough because there's so many good cornerbacks in this year's class. Um, it's, it's a good place to be for a team like the Bengals that needs one, right? Because there's it's a very strong class. There's a good chance that you're going to get one. Um, another guy that you might want to pay attention to is Cam Smith, uh, South Carolina. Um, you've heard the term chirpy before. That's not an athletic term. It's, a, it's an on-field football term for a cornerback that talks a lot of smack. Um, Cam Smith is the chirpiest guy in this class. He's constantly talking smack. He's, he's got, he's all up in everybody's face and making their life miserable. You, <laughs> you love him. He's definitely an AFC East type or AFC North type of guy, um, where, you know, they're, they're going to fight. There's going to be some fights. He's one of the guys you like him if he's on your team. You hate him when yep, he's on the other exactly. team. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly Ringo was a cute CB one for quite a bit of the off season coming into the year because he's, he's such a, a, a fantastic athlete he's expected to test really well this week this this week um but there's a little bit of questions about his stiffness and his lack of agility people are saying he might be a a safety convert um and i've seen him fall all the way out of the first round so this is a guy that the Bengals might be interested in if he starts to fall Mm -hmm. um getting outside of cornerbacks you have brian branch the safety out of alabama i expect him to run really well um and antonio johnson out of texas a&m i also expect him to run really well um, both of those guys are rangy safeties that can do a lot of different things. They're, they're pretty big, pretty thickly built. Um, one guy to keep an eye on long-term is JL Skinner from Boise state. We just got news that he is injured and is not going to test. Um, I'm doubtful that he's going to test at his pro day either. Um, but the, the Bengals have not shied away from players that have an injury as long as there's no long-term uh, progression with it. Right. Um, and it's getting value, right? And if you're getting value for a player that should be going earlier but isn't because teams expect him to miss a little bit of time in his first year, that's not a bad deal, right? It, it seems like a bad deal at the time. And then right. they get on the field and you're not so worried about it anymore. <laughs> right, right, right. The, the Lions actually did that. That My Lions did that last year with Kirby Joseph. They drafted him in the third round. He wasn't really expected to do a whole lot. He was coming off an ACL tear. Um, and he was actually one of the better rookie safeties in the NFL last year. Um, made Aaron Rodgers' life miserable. I think he picked him off three times. As yeah, I, I'm sure that made you so so sad when that happened. <laughs> it's it's always great when Aaron Rodgers gets sad. <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers moping on the football field is like well, the best uh, feeling. Well, he he just came out of his darkness retreat, so maybe I don't know. He's still in the the dark. I don't know. That's still, that's yeah, still on the weird. He had to come out. All he was seeing was Kirby Joseph the whole time. He couldn't get him on his head. There you go. <laughs> All right, Crib Keeper uh, f- fixed his – he said scouts is what he meant. So I'll try to skip. Oh. Uh, do you need 50 or 100 scouts to pick good players these days? He said he's sorry he's working. So NFL teams do it very differently. Some teams have a lot of different scouts. They have a lot of different eyes on, and they, they make that decision-making process as a group. Some people have a, a smaller amount of people that they keep on uh, you know, specialized player or scouts that, that only cover certain position groups, and they only have a couple guys watching a lot of tape, and they just trust their judgment. Um, me, myself, I'm a volume guy. I like to get as many opinions as possible and try to make judgment based on that. Um, I don't consider myself a elite tier NFL scout of players. I, I'm pretty good at, at figuring out the types of athleticism that people are going to show because I'm kind of specialized in that area. You know, that's kind of my thing. But like when it comes to actually knowing whether a guy is going to be good or bad, I'm very hit or miss. And I'm very honest and open about that. You should be if you're scouting players. All right. Uh, but I feel like if you have 100 different people who say the same thing, you know, you get the, people talk about, you know, the echo chamber and, and things like that. If, if 100 people, different people who have watched the same player 
are saying the same thing, it is likely that that is at least something you should consider. Right. And if a hundred different people are saying it and it doesn't look right to you, then you have to question, am I seeing something different or am I just wrong? Because <laughs> it's possible that I'm just wrong. <laughs> no, um, that's not. Don't, don't admit that. Come on. <laughs> but I would, I would say that to pick a good player, you need as many eyes on as you trust to have eyes on for it. The, the Lions previous general manager, Bob, Bob Quinn, um, had keyed in on T's Tabor out of Florida. And regardless of how bad he tested, he ran a 471 in the 40. Um, I, th- I think he ran like a 462 or something like that. The combine and then ran worse at his pro day um, in, in Florida, which has a fast track. Um, you know, it was, he had keyed in on this guy and he had watched all this tape and he was just like, I, I believe in this guy. Right. You don't want that. You don't want somebody who keys in on a player and can't see past the things that they that people are telling them is a flaw. So I don't think 50-50 is probably too much, but when you're when you're scouting a group of players, you want to have as many eyes on as possible, and you have to have the judgment to be able to pick between those varying opinions and decide which one you want. I have no stake in it, so my choice when it comes to me is always correct. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so I have a question for one. When a guy has that big of a, a discrepancy between his combine uh, numbers and his pro day numbers. How does, how do you take that into effect as far as the RAS goes? So the first question is why? Um, sometimes there's a very mundane explanation for it. Um, um, Leonard, I'm forgetting his first name, but the linebacker in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. um, he injured his hamstring during his 40 yard dash, right? Very obvious what was going on with his testing there. No question about what was going on. Um, sometimes a player has a pre-existing injury that we know of and they test anyway. Right. You see this a lot less nowadays, thankfully, because players are wise, wising up to, to that and kind of taking that bad bad advice to test anyway, and they're ignoring right. it. Um, we saw that with Jarvis Landry, who has one of the most hilariously bad tests, tests ever. He had a 0.27 RAS. Um, some of the worst marks from any receiver in history. Um but it's it's funny to look back on it now. But what, what happened was he tested on a bad hamstring. Okay. And he, he knew he had an injury going into it. He wasn't a very athletic dude anyway. He was probably wasn't going to test all that well anyway. Probably would have tested similar to Tyler Boyd, who didn't test all that well. Mm-hmm. Um, but tested like a normal human being and not <laughs> whatever Jarvis Landry did. Um, you know, there's there's sometimes very normal explanations for it. Sometimes it's a little bit different. Sometimes it's just that they don't win that way. Um, and I know I'm sticking with wide receivers. It's just very easy to illustrate with receivers, a little more abstract in other positions. But right. um, Anquan Bolden is a really good example because Anquan Bolden wasn't faster than you. He wasn't going to jump you most of the time. He wasn't quicker than you. But if the ball was in the air, he get it. that was his football. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted it, you had to fight him for it. And you were not going to win that fight in most scenarios. How do you once see, you, I, I guess – question is how do you figure that how do scouts figure that out that you you know they don't test well that's where you have to i guess take you have to take the the i i see better than i hear is you know marvin lewis statement but look at the tape i guess is how you would take that in how do you figure that out yeah and and it's just it's identifying you'll hear people say identify traits you know you're you're looking for specific traits the Bengals actually have one of the best examples in the nfl and and i i think it's funny because somebody tried to use this as a gotcha to me earlier today um, but T. Higgins is one of the best examples you can find in the NFL today. 
Um, you know, I, I actually had a, I actually had a very long thread about T Higgins during the draft about when the numbers matter and when they don't, when you're watching mm-hmm. tape, right. Um, T Higgins was a, a height, weight, speed guy when he was, when he was in college and he tested just fine in that area. There, right. there was no concern about him in that area. Um, he had a horrible shuttle. I don't care the, the routes that he ran. Don't that's again, translatable skills, right? Right, right, right. Um, DK Metcalf didn't run the kind of routes where agility matters all that much. So when he tested bad in agility and everybody was throwing up their hands and trying to make it a big thing, it, it still didn't matter. It was the same thing with T Higgins. Um, he had a bad vert. That was a little bit concerning, but it was also something that you saw on tape sometimes when he had to go up and get the football. It wasn't consistently a problem and it wasn't an issue enough where you would be like, oh man, if he doesn't, if he doesn't find a way to fix that, I'm, I'm really concerned about it. He won so well in other ways that it didn't really matter all that much. So it's a matter of watching the tape and finding out when it matters. If a guy is expected to be fast and he tests slow and you ask yourself why, and there is no answer other than he just isn't as fast as you thought he is, that's probably an issue. But if you watch a guy and he looks fast for his size, is fast for his size, and that's what you're looking for and that's how he wins, what's the problem? Right. And, and I mean that that thank God that T didn't I guess test so good because we got him in you know the beginning of the second round and and now this this whole offseason we keep hearing everybody saying oh we got the Bengals are gonna have to trade him it costs too much money well Duke Tobin just came out and said that's ridiculous we're not trading them so right. I mean which I, I I I applaud Duke I'm like thank you I'm like that's I'm like why would you trade T Higgins I'm like that's just I'm like he's we got a one and one a uh wide receivers I mean, in Jamar Chase and T Higgins. I mean, of course you guys want us to trade them because you don't want to face them, <laughs> face both of them. But uh, that, that is interesting how that does, you know, where guys, I mean, you miss people. I mean, T Higgins, you redraft him again. I don't remember who the wide receivers in that, in that group, but he's in the top two or three of that, of that, of that drafting class. And I could just say that without even knowing who was even in the draft class. I don't, I'm not the same year that Burrow came out. So that's, that's what the word, the whole, scouting and everything like you said it's it's 50 50 you're you're not gonna hit them on, on all of them. I mean some of these guys like I always put out that John Ross for the Bengals had the great 40 time and couldn't stay on the field and couldn't run routes and whatever it is you know it never worked out for him I tried to post all of his injuries in a tweet and it didn't fit <laughs> and I remember being like that's funny but it's also not great like and I feel bad for players like John Ross because like it's not his fault that he well. drafted as high as he did um, in the way that he did. And so many things were expected of him. But at the same time, you can't help but chuckle a little bit and be like, well, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, Natty here's got a question for you. So can you give us the top five athletes in your database? I know the top two off the top of my head, and I'm going to look up the other ones. So okay. give me a second to do that. But the top one is an easy one because it's Calvin Johnson. And it's probably not particularly close. And I I know that because Calvin Johnson's worst metric was a 97th percentile 10-yard split. Um, Which I don't know if you guys know how percentiles work, but that's that's, I don't do do math. So so everything you're saying, I I believe you. (laughs) But you can explain it to me. Uh, yeah, it's it, 97th out of 100 percentile. You can't get much better than that. And that was his worst metric. Wow. Um, and the it's it's just incredible. And I don't think ever, anybody's ever going to beat that. Um, but it would be really cool 
if somebody were able to beat that someday. Is anybody coming even close to that? Um, we had a couple of guys, Christian Watson last year, Chase Claypool was close for a hot minute, but they always end up doing their agilities. Calvin didn't do his agilities. I think he would have blown his agilities out of the water. There's some revisionist history about, oh, because he didn't do them. Oh, that's that's why people think of him as a great athlete. He was an insane level athlete. Go, go watch the catches. <laughs> yeah. Go watch the catch he made against the Bengals where he jumped over three guys to go get go get the ball. That's, yeah, yeah. crazy. Um, he would have been in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it might have been his lower lowest score. It would not have been bad. Right. Um, but then, you know, it. I don't think that would have been an issue. Uh, Jordan Davis last year, the defensive tackle, was number two. Um, you don't have guys his size, 340 he's, he's, pounds. He's out of Georgia, right? Yes. Yeah, and, oh, dude, uh, I remember watching him. I freaked the F out. I'm like, oh, my God, I want to draft that guy. <laughs> people are looking. I mean, he ran a 478, which for any defensive tackle at any size is incredible. Yes. 341 pounds. He That's was, insane. He was flying, dude. I was I watched it on the TV down there. I'm like, holy smokes. And he had a ten a ten foot three broad jump too, mm-hmm. which is just insane. That's that's crazy. Um, apparently, number three, we actually got back to back linebackers on this one, which was Lorenzo Carter, also out of Georgia, I think. Um, back in twenty eighteen, uh, Troy Anderson, who came out last year, was drafted by the Falcons, I think, in the second round, um, and put up really big numbers. And then Cam Newton is number five. There you go. Um, Cam Newton might get beat this year. I'm 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 crossing my fingers with with uh, Anthony Richardson that that he could actually beat Cam Newton's numbers. Cam's held on to that since 2011 and hasn't been beaten since. Um, but it, it's not it's not like Calvin's numbers where it's just it seems untouchable. Right. Those those quarterback numbers are are pretty beatable. Right. And I'm hoping hoping we get somebody that does. So those are the five guys. We'll have to stay tuned. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jungle Jerry here says was Gronk's numbers predictable. So Gronkowski was coming off of a back injury, and I think it's it's more likely that that he tested worse than I think he he probably would be. I think he probably tested worse than he was expected to, and he still tested really well. He still tested out as an elite level athlete, um, even with you know coming into it with that back injury. Um, of course, back injuries would kind of be a thing his whole career, right? Right. Um, but I, as far as being predictable, he had fantastic tape. And from what I understand of, of people that watched him at the time, you know, it it, it really wasn't all that unexpected that he was going to test really well. The, the big concern was whether or not he was going to stay healthy. Right. Which you did have a, a somewhat of an issue with that. You know, you lost a couple of years because it's I like mean, you're tired you look back on it. That. You look back on it, you're like, you were all right. Like, yeah, he, exactly. he didn't he didn't stay healthy and he was one of the best tight ends. Right. Ever. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So we've been on for about four. 42 minutes here. Let's let's finish this up here. Let's go with uh, another position where I I think the Bengals will be addressing in the draft is running backs. I don't think it's going to be the first round. Bijan. Uh, uh, um, yeah, thank you, Robinson. I, uh, I only remember that because he makes his own Dijon mustard and it's called Bijan mustard. There you go. <laughs> and, and he's as far as I know, he's the number one uh, running back in, in the uh, draft so far. So what, what are your numbers on him and the rest of the uh, running back class? Yeah, I expect him to test really well. I don't think there's really that many concerns about how he's going to test, and I expect him to put up really good numbers. Uh, Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama is a guy that I'm kind of watching. I, I don't think he's going to put up quite the kind of numbers that Bijan Robinson is, um, but he's a really good athlete. The issue is he's right at that 200 mark. Right. And you're right at that point where it's like if he comes in a little bit bigger and he still tests really well, that's going to really work out for him. 
Um, Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA is a guy that I'm paying attention to because everyone I've talked to says that he's not going to test all that well. I really like his tape. I think he's a really explosive player. And maybe he doesn't run the best 40-yard dash, but I still think he's going to test well overall. Um, one of the players that got me started in Raz was um, Le'Veon Bell, who had a similar situation where he ran a 4-6, and that, the whole talk was about how unathletic he was. But he ran like a 6.75 cone, and that's fantastic, even even for a, reg, any, a smaller running back, but he's right. not a smaller running back. Charbonnet's in a similar way. Uh, Devin Shane is really small um, out of Texas A&M. The, the big issue with him is going to be his size. He's 5'9 and buck 85 in college. If, if he can put on some weight and maintain that athleticism, that would be fantastic. Or maybe he doesn't. Um, Demetric Felton, I think I drafted by the Browns last year or the year before. Um, that was a big concern about, about whether he could put on additional weight and test really well, and he didn't test really well, and it really hurt his draft stock. Um, another guy that I think could test really well, I'm going to try to pronounce his name because I always do, but uh, Israel Abanaconda. Yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> um, out of Pitt. Um, another guy that I think is going to test pretty well. Um, Pitt, Pitt kind of runs through that that rushing offense now that that they don't have that big-name signal caller. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of those guys that I think didn't get as much appreciation as he probably should have as a runner. Um, I think he's pretty athletic, and I'm really excited to see all of those guys test this week. Uh, do you have any thought? Well, I'll go with Strangers here first before I get my own. Uh, uh, Stranger says, uh, Rashawn Johnson. Big dude. Expect him to test really well in, in, in explosiveness. Don't expect him to run all that well. Um, but I'm, I, I'm I'm excited to see how his explosive metrics look because that's that's his whole game is just being big and explosive. And if he does well there, it's it's just like we were talking about other guys like T. Higgins. You know, if, if he does well there, I'm not really too concerned about the other numbers. Because you're not you're not drafting him to be your you know scat back. You're, right. you're drafting him to go punch punch some people in the face. <laughs> right, exactly. Now, forgive me if you if you mentioned this name already or not, but I know him because he played against UC and kicked their ass. And I cannot remember his name right now. But he's the running back out of Tulane. Oh yeah, um, he came up a little bit earlier too because for some reason he wasn't in our uh, mock draft simulator at some point. He had, he was in it and then he got knocked out. I.J. Spears. Yes, that's um, it. Yeah, Spears. Yeah, Spears is a guy I expect to test well when he tests. Um, I, I don't know a whole, whole lot about him as a runner other than what uh, we've said in the draft room talking about our, our simulator. Um, but I do expect him to test really well. The, the clips that I've seen of him, he all, he looks he looks pretty fast and pretty explosive. Um, I, those are the kind of things I'm looking for is those specific types of athletic traits. And he looks pretty good in those areas. So mm -hmm. um, I don't really have too many concerns for him coming in this week. All right, now another position that the Bengals might be trying to get into, uh, which would be later rounds again, and I think this is a pretty good draft for it, is, but, uh, is wide receivers. Because so, uh, we need a, a speed guy, and I would like to get a punt returner, which, I mean, that could be a DB as well, but we'll, we'll just go with the wide receivers right now. Where, where are the wide receivers ranking, and who's someone we should keep an, an eye on? It's actually not really considered all that good of a, a wide receiver class because we've had so many really good wide receiver classes. And, right. and there's no, like – really big name um you know we got quentin Ad quentin johnston jordan addison and jackson smith and jigba all three of those guys have at least one glaring issue into their game quentin johnson doesn't have a very diverse root tree jordan addison is really small and jackson smith and jigba people have a lot of concerns about his athleticism um, once you get past that and you're looking for specifically speed there are plenty of guys in this class that are really fast jalen hyatt out of tennessee um, probably not going to be available outside of the first round where Bengals are picking 
Um, but he's he's a guy that can burn. Kayshawn Boo out of LSU is expected to run really well. Zay Flowers out of Boston College, who beefed up. His big concern was whether or not he was going to be big enough uh, because he played at, I think, 173, I want to say. Um, but he's already put on like 10 pounds. He's in the 180s now, which is still not perfect. But for a guy his size with that kind of speed, if he's able to maintain that speed while putting on that kind of bulk, that's going to really help him. Right. Um, and then Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma, another guy with size concerns. You're going to hear about that a lot when you're talking about your speedsters. Um, but he can really fly. One name to keep an eye on is A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. Okay. Um, A.T. Perry is he's not a smaller guy. He's he's a bigger guy, but he's got that height, weight, speed combination that some teams really like. And I know the bank, I know for a fact the Bengals are that type of team. Yeah. Whether they they might consider that redundant with the guys that they already have, but I mean, for me, you can never have enough big, fast guys. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely, not. and we need we need a fourth one. I mean, now will he be more? I think if that happens, you're looking fourth, fifth, sixth round for the Bengals. I think, or I'd be early with fourth. I think, but you think he that guy would go up, up around that area? Is he gone before then? I think he might be gone. I mean, he's going to be around around then. I, I, I'm expecting him to go somewhere around the third round right now, unless unless he tests out of the out of the park and his stock goes way up. But, um, I'm expecting him kind of in that later third round, early fourth round type of area. So not too far out of where he's looking. All right, uh, Crip here. Uh, I I hope you didn't say it, the, the this person's name already, but how about the wide receiver from Houston? I don't. I don't know who he's talking about. <laughs> I was thinking of Ross uh, of Rachi Rice, but that's from SMU. Um, you think I, I would know, know this? We played Houston, but I, I, I can't think of who. Uh, I can't think of who either off the top of my head. So. Kirby, if you find the name, put the name in there. Now, this one I do know: Wiley, I, I, Josh Wiley, out of my Bearcats here, and I would love the Bengals to get him. Um, tight end, you mean? Yeah, he's a tight end, yeah. and he's like six six. He can catch. He can. He can. Yeah, he's a great jumper, but he, he can get open and he, he makes plays in the ball. What's your rankings, uh, the Raz on uh, Wiley? Um, Wiley is a guy that I've been told is not going to test all that well. I liked his tape, and I, I think he's going to test just fine. Um, but I, I it, that could really hurt him if he doesn't test all that well. Um, is Nathaniel Dell, I think, is the wide receiver out of Houston. Okay. And and from what I little bit I know of him, is it's going to be a size issue with him. Um, he played at 5'10", 155 in college which is really, really, really small. Um, some teams have drafted guys that are really small, like really small, uh, but the level of success has been very low. Uh, Tutu Atwell got drafted a year or two ago, and he's done very little. You know, it's he's not he's not a terrible player, but he hasn't done a whole lot. And I, I think that's going to be the concern with any guy that's small is, is how long they're going to be able to hold up. Because you're going to get hit, especially, especially in your guys' division. You know, the, right. the Bengals, the Ravens, the Browns, if you guys hit – <laughs> yeah. like to hit each other yeah, so I know they do. It, it's not a division where I, I tend to think of those types of players because i don't really know how they last in a division like this it's, it's a mean division <laughs> <laughs> we're just mean down here mean people <laughs> all right uh pork chop here goes uh, uh i was just about to ask about booty but i think it's his name right booty in the mid round his value man it's really hard to get an idea where his value is because he used to be one of those top receiver types mm -hmm. and then he just kept sliding and then he's just kind of been rebounding lately in the lead up to the combine and i think because people expect him to run really well and that's going to be the whole thing at the combine is who runs well um he's got a lot of speed man he can he can fly when he gets in the open field 
So if he tests really well, that could push his stock back up. Um, if he doesn't, if he disappoints in that area, that could push him down. Uh, but I really don't know where his value is. I think we have him somewhere in the late second or early third off the top of my head. Um, but I'm not 100% certain. And I've seen him everywhere. I've seen him still in the first round. I've seen him all the way down the fourth, fifth round. Oh, so no idea where his value is. <laughs> all right. Crip says, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, he's SMU. That, that, that's the quarterback he was. Rashi Rice. Um, <laughs> okay. I know a little bit more about, about Rice than I do that other dude. Um, Rashi Rice is uh, a, a good receiver. You know, he's got he's got decent size. Um, he's got decent speed. Um, really quick feet. Um, real twitchy. His agility drills should probably do pretty well. Um, he's really creative as a run after the catch guy. Uh, his ability before the catch can sometimes get a little choppy, uh, finding those holes and zones and stuff. His route tree is, is a little, he runs a lot of different types of routes, but I don't know that he runs a lot of different types of routes. Well, mm-hmm. so he's, he's got a couple wrinkles to his game that need to get worked out, but the talent is definitely there. Um, and he's got the size and the bulk. He's a thicker, like a, a tightly built guy. He's real right. compact in his right. build. All right, uh, let's get one more from Stranger here. He said, late round tight end like Zach Kuntz, uh, Old Dominion. Uh, I read he's exponentially fast for a tight end. Any thoughts? That's actually about as much as I know of Zach Kuntz is that he's fast. Um, I, I started hearing him when I started talking about uh, Luke Musgrave and how I expect him to run. And that was the big thing was, you know, Kuhn should run pretty fast, close to that at least, if not better. Um, but aside from that, I don't really know a whole, whole lot about him. Um, but I do, I, from the people that I was told that from, I would expect him to run fast this week. I got pretty, pretty, sure he made, pretty sure he got invited to come. I don't remember. We'll find out. Um, I got a couple of questions, and I'll, I'll get you out of here. And I appreciate your time, as always. I, 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 like I said, I don't do numbers well, but I do. When you The way you explain it makes it not math people like me makes it easier to understand so that's why i really do like having you on here but one thing i want to ask you is um pro I, I, we talked about a little bit pro day day pro day numbers and and combine numbers if it were you and you had to pick one or the other which would you prefer them do because pro day they're more comfortable and all that stuff so i think their their numbers would be better than than the combine but uh, where, where are you at on which one if you only had to choose one it depends on what school the player goes to. Um, I know that's a bit of a cop-out answer, but there's a lot that goes into a player's ability to run on a football field when we're talking about just track speed. Right. And that's why NFL decision makers have loved doing the combine in the same place for as long as they have, because that puts everybody on an even playing field. Everybody's running on the exact same field, which is why it was so weird last year when everybody was running really fast because they redid the turf. Um, it was weird for me because they're like, why is this happening? Well, they read it the turf. It's a different field than what they're used to running on. Um, but it really does depend. Some schools like Ohio State don't have a fast track. Players tend to run slower at Ohio State than they do running in the Dome in Indianapolis. Um, Florida has a fast track. LSU has a fast track. Um, Iowa has a fast track. So there's some places where it's definitely favorable to run on your home turf because the, the conditions are more favorable. Right. The weather can also play a big right. part of it. Um, I forget which school it was last year. Stanford, was, it was raining. No, there was there was a, a, a smaller school okay. where it was literally freezing rain when they were trying. <laughs> and it was, in, it was in the South. I remember that because I was like, I didn't even know it ever snowed. <laughs> right. 
Um, but they did it anyway. It was slipping and sliding all over the place. Those are not ideal conditions. No. You, know, you don't you don't want to have those types of conditions. Um, I would prefer to run inside where right. the wind can't really hurt you or help you. I think it gives the best idea of a player's um, speed in, in a bubble, quite right. literally in a bubble. Right. Right. Um, if you can't get that, get a get a really nice track with the wind behind you. <laughs> and push you. <laughs> exactly. All right. So you talked a lot about uh, size here. And, and with the number one uh, pick overall, Lena, it might be Bryce Young, but my, my, I don't know if he translates. It just he's barely. I'm, I'm curious to see if he'll actually measure at six feet. I, I think he's shorter than that, to be honest. And he's and he's little. What what's the raz on on Bryce Young, Young right now? Just coming. I know you don't have the comp myself, but out of college, you have any numbers on him right now? Uh, my guess is it's going to be if we're just going on size, it's going to be like zero point five. It's going to be very <laughs> very low. Um, Bryce Young is doing a very good job of navigating the offseason so far because everyone is talking about his height, and I am 100% convinced that is his agent pushing that stuff. Okay. Because his height doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter now. It won't matter when he tests at 5'10 and a half. Um, it, it won't matter next week. It won't, it won't matter next month. Nobody should care about his height. Um, I think we have moved past the point where height by itself is an indicator of whether or not a player can pass. We've seen plenty of guys do it. Or about his size. Yeah, Drew Brees was under six foot. Um, you know, Russell Wilson, we've um, had um, – what's his name out of Arizona? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, yeah. You know, we've had guys come out there that are shorter and played with no problem. As long as your release is high enough and you have a good vision of the field and understanding of how NFL defenses work and a good understanding of how NFL offenses work, it's not that big of a deal. The issue with Bryce Young is that he is very slender. He's probably 185 pounds soaking wet. Um, and the fact that the, the narrative has been all about his height and not about his weight is, mm -hmm. is I think, entirely his his doing, which is good on you and your agent. Right. That's great marketing is what that is. Um, that's where the real concern is because he's coming off of an injury. Uh, he I think it was a UC joint. Don't quote me on the injury, but I, I think it was a UC joint or something like that. Oh, it's th um, throwing arm? Something like that. Okay. It's, something, it's all healed now, but he's, okay. not, he's not throwing at the combine. Oh, he's not? Um, okay. He's not throwing at the combine. He's, he's going to throw at his pro day, I believe he said, but he's not throwing at the combine. Um, when you have a guy that that's, that's that small who's dealing with injuries, that is a bigger concern than his height. Right. Um, I, I think that's going to be the really big talk after the combine is how slender he is. If, if it's still about how tall he is, then just pay his agent a lot of money. <laughs> All the money. Just wheelbarrows to him. Right. Um, you know, it's driving that narrative is is great, and, and I, this might sound like I'm I'm knocking Bryce. I am not. This is 100% complimentary. Um, you know, it's that's what you want as to do as a player. Um, but his height doesn't matter to me, and it shouldn't matter to anybody. It, his weight is a is a pretty big concern because imagine putting him behind an offensive line in your division and having those big guys that like to hit every single play. It only takes one of those solid hits to take a guy out. And right. if you're if you're not sitting there with a, a thickly built frame, you know, Russell Wilson was short, but Russell Wilson was thickly built. He's a thicker dude. He was able to take a lot of punishment. Uh, Drew Brees was not as thickly built when he came out, and he got hurt a lot. Mm -hmm. And then when he recovered from his injury and moved to New Orleans, he was able to navigate the pocket very differently as a passer and had a much more successful career. Kyler Murray has been able to navigate pretty well. He was another thickly built guy for his hunting. Um, Bryce Young is not that. He's he's got toothpicks. 
And that's <laughs> that's concerning when you're an NFL decision maker because you can't pick a guy who falls apart when he gets hit. And you you need a guy that can hold up to that kind of punishment. And Bryce Young has to show that he can do that. Well, another uh, short and slender built guy was Baker Mayfield, and and he he got hurt too. So that's and I and just just the two mile horn. I did I did say the weight when I when I when I brought the question up first because I mean he he's not that. Big. That's where I'm like the, the, the guy on ESPN keeps saying that he would trade Justin Fields to go draft Bryce Young. I'm like, dude, there's I keep Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a good freaking quarterback. I like Justin Fields. He's got a lot of issues as a passer. He's got to clean up, but they're doing so little to help him. <laughs> No, it's it's ridiculous. I'm, I'm I'm just hoping they don't dare. Er, which one's the bad car? Derek Carr. Derek Carr was the first one, right? David Carr. David, David Carr. Derek, the first yeah, one. David David Carr's first one. Yeah, Derek you Carr's don't one. you get your get your internal clock ruined and you just watch their career fall apart. Yeah. You know, it, I, one, once a quarterback can't feel pressure correctly, it's pretty much over. Yeah, I and felt bad for him. I thought he was going to be pretty good until he had the offensive line forever. Yeah. <laughs> he had like it was like 150 sacks over two seasons, some ridiculous number. Um, yeah. you know, did he set did he a record? He did. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, Fields Fields takes a lot of hit because he's a runner. You know, he's he's a guy that's going to get on the on a, out on the football field. But if, if if they don't get that under control and get him some help, he's going to ruin his clock, man. And that's just mm-hmm. the worst way to lose your career. Exactly. Trust me, we, we know that down here in, in Cincinnati. That's why we really wanted to get the offensive line fixed, which we did for the most part last year until they all got injured. And that's oh, we're, we're, we're dealing with the offensive line issues again this year. Anyway, Kent, I appreciate you coming on. Tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find the Raz, and anything else you want to promote before I let you go. Yeah, you can go check out all of my work at ras.football, raz.football. All of my work is up there. You got 23,000 players you can go look up there from 1987 to today. And starting later in the week, we're going to have the entire NFL combine metrics up there. Um, bunch of research on there. Bengals fans, I've got a Bengals page up right now where you can go look at every player on the roster, what their Raz is, look up their player pages, all that nifty stuff. Even pulls up pulls up their cards with a nice Bengals background on Ooh, there. Orange like and black. Um, you can check all that out on my, on my website at rest.football. You can check me out on Twitter at MathBomb, always around and ready to talk football, regardless of which team that you follow. Um, and if not, you can always just go pretend to be a GM and go check out our mock draft simulator at profootballnetwork.com slash mock draft. You can go be your own GM and pick whatever players you want to run it a hundred times till you get the sim the way you want it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all we can do right now. Cause everybody does mock drafts. I'm like, dude, that's, yep. that's, that's going to be like that here in the two months. Anyway, <laughs> Kent, I appreciate it. Like I said, I, I, I'll try to get, I, try, I, I gotta get you back on here more than once a year. I, I but you know, <laughs> but we'll, 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 we'll get that going. I appreciate you coming on the show. Anytime, man. I'm always ready to come back. All right. Thanks buddy. Appreciate you, dude. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, guys, go follow Kent. Like I said, he, I, I I follow him on Twitter, and I like it because he makes it a little more understandable for non-math guys like me <laughs> to figure this stuff out. And I, you know, I just I like it a lot. So anyway, let's get to the uh, Facebook groups that let me live stream. And as always, I appreciate every single one of them. They are I got my paper over here. <clears throat> I should know by not saying every day. They are Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion. Bearcat Ruckets, Radical Reds, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar. And then you follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Strawberry Ice on my Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Turnipole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I'll be pulling a sound off later on tonight. Putting on the podcast. It'll be on Beanpod, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, 
pretty much where you guys get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Leave a five-star review so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. YouTubers, you guys are awesome. We're at 2,124 subscribers. As always, I say this every single time. If it wasn't for you guys watching the show, tweeting it out, subscribing, I'll be able to do this. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors about Bengals Talk with Strawberry Ice. And let's try to get that up to 3,000 as fast as we can. Tomorrow, I got my boy, Mike Petraglia. Trags is going to be on the show. We're talking Bengals. He's at um, the NFL Combine right now. He's the one. He's put stuff up from Duke Tobin. He put stuff up from uh, Zach Taylor. So go check him out tomorrow. Go check him out on Twitter. And if you guys missed the beginning of the show, I got to play this again. I love Duke Tobin. Hopefully this will shut everybody up about the Bengals trading T. Higgins. If you missed it, here it is. I'm in the business of making the Cincinnati Bengals better. And so trading T. Higgins is not on my mind. That's their problem. They want a receiver. Go find your own. You know, in, in my, my opinion, you know, T. Higgins is a good piece for the Cincinnati Bengals. So the trade stuff is a little ridiculous right now. Literally ridiculous. So NFL, Keyshawn Johnson, all you guys on the NFL Network or, or, or NFL Live that keep want to trade T. Higgins. We're not trading T. Higgins. That's utterly ridiculous. Go find your own wide receiver. You heard from Duke Tobin. All right. Other than that, that's your sports, baby. See ya!